Thank you so much for joining us today. We're always encouraged to know God is working through new beginnings to touch lives. So if you have a story to share of how God's working in your life, please let us know. Send us an email at mystory@newbeginningsnj.org. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Amen. I'd like to start off by just telling a little bit of a story. Just recently, I attend a networking group on a weekly basis. And it was uh, just recently that they asked me to do a presentation on our business. And so I did the presentation, and afterwards they go around the room. There's about 18 people in the room. And they go around the room, and they give like a, a testimonial on what was said. And so each person got up and gave a testimonial. And then it came to a gentleman that I've known for about several years that, that's been attending the group. And he gets up, and he says, Mike, you know what? Your voice is so soothing. And so many people started laughing, just like a couple of you just did. And, uh, and, but the first thing that came to my mind was, oh, great. As a new pastor, I'm going to be putting everybody to sleep when I speak. So I just want to let you know my goal tonight is not to put you to sleep with my soothing voice, but it is to bring a message a message tonight from the Holy Spirit. So I'm praying. Let's all pray together. Lord Jesus, we're just praying tonight, Father God, that the anointing will be upon the words that are going forth tonight, Lord Jesus. We pray that everyone will receive these words according to how you want them to, Father. You're going to accomplish tonight what you desire to accomplish because your words never return void, Father God. So I pray that they would be pleasing unto you as they go out this evening. In Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen. It amazes me that we Christians who are the most blessed people on the planet talk the least about blessing and do the most of complaining. Well, that's really positive, Pastor Mike, isn't it? But honestly, did you ever catch yourself as you're speaking, you can't even believe the words that are coming out of your mouth? I'm not very good at cliches. As a matter of fact, most of the time, 90% of the time, I mess them up. But this one I think I got right. Open mouth, insert foot, right? That's a cliche. You know, and there are times when we just complain about different things. Example, God blesses us with a home. We complain about the taxes. God blesses us with a vehicle. We complain about the maintenance. God blesses us with children. Should I go there? <laughs> God blesses us with children. For the last seven years, my children, I've been working on this one thing with my children. Take your plate that you just dirtied from the countertop and put it in the sink. So for the last seven years, we've been working on that. They almost got it right. Now we're working on take your plate from the sink and put it in the dishwasher. How many years is that going to take? I don't know. But we're no different, right, than the Israelites in the wilderness. For hundreds of years, hundreds of years, they were in slavery. When God rescued them from Egypt, what did they do? They complained and they grumbled. And you know what? They walked around for 40 years. Amen. Tonight, we're not going to talk about complaining and grumbling, but we are going to study the topic of blessing. That's what we're going to talk about tonight. So let's define the word blessing. To speak well of. 
to release goodwill to another. It is the goodness of God imparted to the believer. So when you receive Jesus in your heart, when you ask him to be your savior, we are the believers. And blessing is automatically imparted to us because we are the believers. Is there any truth to the idea that God wants his people blessed? So let's read the scriptures. In Deuteronomy 28.8, the Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouses and in all to which you set your hand, not to some things which you set your hand, to all things which you set your hand, and he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. See, it is not something we need to strive for. It's not something we need to beg for. It is something God deposited in us when we were born again. We don't have to get on our knees and beg, oh God, please bless me. Oh God, please bless my children. We don't have to do that. The blessings are already deposited in you. God's word says he's gonna bless you. We don't have to strive for it either. Now, as a young person, I went into business very young at age, and I used to strive after things. I strived after new houses and new cars. I'd strive after relationships. I want to befriend this person. I'd strive after that, and I would strive after so many things. But once I learned that the blessings of God are upon my life and that I don't have to strive after materialistic things and I don't have to strive after relationships, that God has already taken care of all of that in my life and in all of our lives. Let's read Ephesians 1, 3 3 through 6. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. What tense who has blessed us? What tense is that? Past tense, it's already there. He has already blessed us. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us. Past tense, once again, in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us. Past tense, it's already there. He's already poured it out in our lives. Once we know the purpose for God's blessing, it will safeguard us from ever misusing abusing, or neglecting his, pre- his blessings. Let me read that again. Once we know the purpose for God's blessing, it will safeguard us from ever misusing, abusing, or neglecting his blessings. Let me ask you this question. You don't have to answer it out loud. Just think to yourselves. Can we step out of the purpose which God has for us, misuse, abuse, or neglect his blessings? Let me illustrate to you by sharing a personal story. In 2000, Cindy and I just finished building a brand new house in Bayville, 
oddly enough, had a prospering business. Cindy had a great teaching job in Jackson. God's favor and blessings were upon our lives. But at that time, we didn't realize the purpose of God's blessings. We decided to make a major move without praying about it, without seeking God's face. We decided to move to Florida. We stepped out of God's purpose and plan for our lives. It was like somebody shut the valve off. And the blessing and the purpose for our lives just shut off. It was an amazing thing. We had a huge decision to make because at that point, because of all the blessing and all the finances had come to a halt, we had a house in New Jersey we were trying to sell, and now we had a mortgage in Florida that we were paying. We had a major decision to make. Were we going to step back into God's purpose in our lives, or were we just going to stay in Florida outside of his purpose and outside of his provision for our lives? Well, we decided to come back to New Jersey. Obviously, I'm standing in front of you. So we decided to come back. And you know, the years after that, they weren't easy. The next five years, because we had lost the home in Florida and because our business was really not doing well, it's when the economy fell here in New Jersey, we had lost a lot. But you know what? It was an amazing thing how God restored it all. Those first five years we came back were very difficult. And you're going to hear from me in just a little bit what God did in those five years. But it was amazing. But I want to tell you today, God restored all of it because that's the business that God is in. His blessings were upon our lives. And when we stepped back into that purpose for our lives, he restored it. So let's talk about four primary reasons why God wants us to live out his blessings, why he wants us to be blessed. The first one, he loves us. He loves us, right? That's obvious, right? Obviously, Pastor Mike, really, that's all you have for us? He loves us? You should have studied more, right? (laughs) But not so many people are convinced. Have you ever heard people say, how can God love me? You have no idea what I did in my past. You have no idea who I hurt. You have no idea about the addictions that I've had. You have no idea about the things I've done to other people. How could God ever love me? Have any of you ever heard that before? Have you, have any of you, don't raise your hands, but have any of you ever said that before? In Romans 8.32, he who did not withhold or spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, will he not also with him freely and graciously give us all things? Let me tell you this. When somebody tells you, you have no idea what I've been through, you have no idea what I've done, it has nothing to do with our past. It has all to do what Jesus did on the cross. It doesn't matter what you've walked through. It doesn't matter about the challenges and the conflicts and the relational issues. None of that matters because it doesn't matter what we've done. It matters what Jesus did for us on the cross. Now, I'm not telling you you can go out of here and say, Pastor Mike told us we can live our life any way we want. We can go out there because it's all about what Jesus did on the cross. No, when you receive Jesus as your Savior, 
At that point, he comes in and he starts working on all those things that he wants to perfect inside of us. So you want to change. You desire to change. It's like you wanting to please your father because he's our father who gave us so much, his only son, and you want to please him. So when you receive him, that's the way it'll work out. But prior to that, when you did not know him, he loved you so much. He loved me so much that he died for us. Amen? Again, it has nothing to do with our past, what we did or didn't do. It has to do with what Jesus did for us on the cross, the sacrifice he made. We can't earn it. It's a gift given to us freely. Amen. Let's talk, about, let's talk real quick about placing God in the number one position, loving him and abiding in him. Have you ever gotten to the point in your Christian walk, things may not be going so well? Matter of fact, things might be going in a direction that you hope that they don't go in. But we all have to make that decision that no matter what, Jesus is Lord he died for us on the cross, and no matter what, I'm going to follow him. No matter what's going on in my life, no matter all the challenges and the conflicts I'm going through, no matter what, I'm going to stand on his word. No matter what, I'm going to pray. No matter what, he's my savior. And someday, I don't care what's going on today, I'm going to be in eternity with him. No matter what, someday... I'm going to be sharing the rest of eternity with Jesus. See, we got to get to that point in our walk with him that it doesn't matter what's going on in our lives. It doesn't matter about all those difficulties. It only matters what he did for us and how much he loves us and what he wants to accomplish through each and every one of us. Amen. Through him, we have everything we need, everything that is good for us spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally, and yes, even materially, is supplied as a blessing from God. Reason number two, God blesses us. God wants to meet our needs. In Philippians 4.19, and the same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which, which he had given us in Christ Jesus. See, we had a need for salvation, and God provided that through his son. We have a need for healing, and he took care of that on the cross when he shed his blood on the cross. We have a need for comfort. God provided that need through the Holy Spirit who dwells in each and every one of us who believe in Jesus Christ. So we never need to fear of being alone. Is there any other needs, actual or perceived needs? God is interested in providing that which will bless us. Let me ask you this question, though. To yourselves, think about this. Does the father always give a son everything he asks for? What if the father can see that what the son is asking for will hurt him in the future? Does a father give a son a Corvette at the age of 17? No, right? He can't handle that kind of speed. He's not mature enough to take on a Corvette at that kind of speed, right? That would not be good for his son. Recently, 
every year at the end of the year, at the end of 2018, I kind of evaluate our business, where we are with um, our trucks, where we are with uh, what needs to be taken care of as far as what needs to be repaired. And recently, I was thinking about, you know what, I need to upgrade one of the trucks. There was this need that I really felt like I wanted to fill. And when I buy a truck, it's not just a normal truck. I get it full of the bells, bells and whistles. Some of you are like me. Don't look at me like that. You like all that stuff, too, in your vehicles. And, uh, you know, I was this close to purchasing this truck. And I really felt like I needed this. You know, I need this truck. And, and really, to be honest with you, the truck we have are running fine. Thank God they might be old, but they're running good. And We've maintained them through the years. So really, it was more of a perceived need, but I was justifying it in my mind. The company needed this truck, <laughs> right? The company needs it. Come on, the company needs the truck. And I was this close. I found two of them, one in Oklahoma, which, hey, listen, I'll sacrifice and take a flight out there, and one in Texas I found. I was so close to pulling the trigger. But you know what? God taught me a few things through the years. I had to sit down and I had to pray about it. And you know what? After I prayed about it, I was saying, why do I even have this need? What is this thing that I feel in my heart? What's this void that I'm feeling in my heart that I really need to fill this void with a truck? Because the trucks I have are fine. What is this perceived need that I'm really feeling in my heart? Craig Rochelle said it like this. If you will let your deepest needs drive you to God, then God will meet your deepest needs. Amen. See, that need I was feeling, that void I was feeling in my heart really wasn't for a truck. You know what I'm saying? Think about right now. Are you sensing like you need something? Are you going after something? Should we be going after God instead of trying to fill our needs with the things of this world? And that's really what touched my heart. Those needs that we have, those things that we're sensing on the inside, God says, come to me with those needs. Bring those needs to me, and I will fill you up. Let's look at King David. Interesting note. When David got involved in an adulterous relationship with another man's wife, Bathsheba, it led David to stoop to lying, manipulation, even murder. See, sometimes we walk down a road because we feel like we need something, but we don't know where that road ends, but God does. And so if we don't go to God and we continue walking down that road, it could lead to a lot of bad things, just like Florida led for my family. And it took time for the Lord to restore some things. So the best thing we can do is go to God and let him Fill those needs, those perceived needs or those actual needs that you feel or I feel like that are in my heart. Let's let them drive us closer to God. In 2 Samuel 12, 7 through 8, Nathaniel says to David, Nathaniel's the prophet or Nathan the prophet, God makes a stunning statement through Nathan. He says, I anointed you king over Israel. I delivered you from the hand of Saul. I gave your master's house to you and your master's wives into your arms. I gave you all of Israel and Judah. And if all this had been too little, I would have given you more. If David let his deepest need drive him to God, 
then God would have met his deepest needs. See, when we try to do it on our own, we really make a mess of it, don't we? We really do. If, we, if we're honest with ourselves, when we try to do things on our own, in our own confidence, we truly make a mess of it. Amen. Reason number three, God wants us blessed so that we are free from the cares of this world, so that we can love him undistracted with all our heart and with and all who we are. In Matthew 6, 31 through 34, it says, So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? Aren't all these things on our mind on a constant basis? We think about all these things on a regular basis. But this is what the Word says. For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows what you need. And this is the verse that I love here. But seek first his kingdom, and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. God doesn't want our thoughts to be preoccupied by our needs. He doesn't want our conversations to be dominated by worry and anxiety over unmet needs. He has provided his blessings on our lives so that our thoughts can be on him. Jesus died for us to have a heart-to-heart relationship with the Father. During those first five years when we returned after Florida, I did not concern myself anymore about what we needed because we really had so very little. There wasn't really much to be concerned about. But that was the season of my life where I said, Lord, I want to have such an intimate relationship with you. I want to put you before all things. I don't want there anything to come before you. Nothing. You come first in my life. I want to put you first. And during that season of our lives is when God prepared us at the lowest point. We had nothing. God prepared us to become campus pastors. It's then when he taught us what it meant to put him first. It's then what he taught us what it meant to read his word and to pray and to seek his face. It was during that time when he prepared us and gave us a scripture. Isaiah 43, 19, it says, for I'm about to do something new. See, I have already begun, but I have to be honest. I really could not understand where God was going with this scripture. But you know what? We stood on it. God had given it to us, and we stood on it. From I'm about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in dry wasteland. So during that period of time, during when God was preparing our hearts, we didn't know what was coming. We didn't understand what he actually meant. I had no idea. I could guess. Maybe it had something to do with our business. Maybe it had something to do with our children. But I didn't know where God was going. But he did. He had a blessing in store for our family. And I have to be honest, as a pastor, I have such 
a heart now. God has placed something so deep inside my heart. And Pastor Joe has talked about this so much. He has placed such a love in my heart for other people, for what God wants to accomplish in their lives, to fulfill the call that's on each and every one of our hearts. There's such a blessing in it. There is nothing more fulfilling in life than to walk out what God has called you to do. There's no greater blessing. There's nothing greater in life than to fulfill that call that God has placed on your life. It doesn't mean you have to be up here. You can fulfill that call wherever you go every day, whether it's to work, whether you're raising your children, whatever it may be, whatever God has placed in front of you right now, that's your calling. Fulfill that call that's in your life right now and continue to be blessed by the word of God. I'm going to read to you Mark 4, 13 through 20. So just bear with me on this. We're going to get to a point here. And he said to them, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word, and these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground, who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness. And they have no root in themselves, and so endure only for a time. Afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. Now these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word and the cares of the world the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for other things choke them. What are we talking about? Let's go back. God wants us to be blessed so that we are free from the cares of the world so that we can love him undistracted. Don't allow the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for other things entering in choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. But these are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word, accept it, and bear fruit, some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100. Understand this. You are so blessed. And when you hear the word of God, accept it, believe it, apply it to your life. We get un. I have to be honest with you. I've been a Christian a long time. I received the Lord at a young age, and so I've been in front of many pastors before and under the word. But honestly, when I came here to New Beginnings, the word that is taught to us on a weekly basis, it is so practical that we can apply it right away. Pastor Joe is an amazing teacher. I'm not telling you anything you don't already know. We learn so much underneath him and all that he's imparted to us through all the years. It has just been an unbelievable ride here. We have learned so much and God has done so many amazing things. We started as an usher in this church, just like so many ushers, and I built so many great relationships. Bruce, I've known you for how many years now? And we built such a great relationship in so many of you. And that's 
how it works in church. It's been an unbelievable process. Accept the word. Let it really get inside of you. Pray. Seek God's face. He wants to bless us so much. Amen. Let's go to number four. God blesses us so that we can be a blessing to others. And this has been something that's so dear to my heart. This has been something that God has just dealt with Cindy and I for so many years, and I love this scripture. Because in Genesis 12, 2 through 3, God is talking to Abraham here. And he says, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. It is the Abraham already had a lot, but God said, I'm going to bless you with so much that it's going to spill over onto others. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. The ultimate goal of blessing is that we would pass it on to others. And during those five years, this was one of the lessons that the Lord had taught Cindy and I. See, we were so blessed before God's favor and blessing was upon our lives. But it wasn't just for us. There was a purpose for that blessing. And we didn't understand it then, but we understand it today. We're not here to build our own little kingdoms. God wants us to have houses. God wants us to have cars. He wants us to be blessed. But how much of this do we need? King Solomon, who was so blessed, he had everything that you can ever imagine. And he said, it's all meaningless under the sun. Because it all is. It doesn't bring any happiness. Only the blessings that come from God come with joy. And when you take those blessings and you bless someone else with those blessings, there is nothing greater than seeing a face that says thank you so much. It's been a blessing for Cindy and I to be able to serve in this type of capacity as campus pastors. I can't tell you how fulfilling it has been to serve God. All I can tell you is the calling that's been placed on your life, when you step into it, you will feel the most fulfilled than you've ever felt before in your life. We're going to wrap up in just a few minutes. Rick Warren said it like this, the more you bless other people and the more you help others, the more God blesses your life. Luke 6.38 tells us, give away your life, you'll find life given back, but not merely given back, given back with bonus and blessing. You cannot outgive God. The more you try to bless other people in the world around you, the more God says, I'm going to pour out blessings on you. And that's a fact. I hope you all get that inside you because I believe that with all my heart, that the more we bless others, why do you think this church is so blessed? Why do you think this church has everything that it needs to reach out to people? Because they have been supplying the people's needs of this community for years. 
They've been feeding over a thousand. We've all been feeding over a thousand families per month. When you start to bless others, you can't outgive God. Amen. Amen. So let's wrap it up. We just have a couple more minutes. Why don't we all do this? Let's all stand up. Let's all close our eyes and bow our heads. God loved us so much that he supplied the ultimate need that every human has, the forgiveness of sins. The greatest demonstration of his love for mankind was demonstrated through Jesus. See, Jesus gave his life that we may have life eternal that we may live our lives here on earth blessed. And so in Romans 5, 8, it says, but God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. If you're here and you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and you've heard this word of blessing tonight, this topic of blessing, and this is a principle you would like to walk in. If you've never received him, we're giving you the opportunity tonight to make him Lord over your life. Take that opportunity. We don't know what tomorrow brings, but today you can give your life to Jesus. If that's you, would you raise your hand would you just show us, hey, I want to give my heart to the Lord. I want to give him my life. I want to walk this out. Yes, I see your hand in the back. Is there anyone else? Anyone else? Yes, I see your hand. Yes, I see your hand as well. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. At the end of the service, we're going to have our prayer team here. If you raised your hand, please come up. Tell them you would like to say the prayer of salvation. Don't leave this place. We want to give you a Bible. We want to put that in your hands so that way you can take that home and start your relationship with Christ tonight. Amen. If anyone needs prayers for anything at all, Please come up at the end of the service. Pray with the prayer team. We love you guys. We know God's blessing is upon you through the words that we've read tonight. We love you. We look forward to seeing all of you on Sunday. God bless. Have a great week. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. We pray that you're blessed and lifted up by God's word. If this message helped you today, please consider supporting New Beginnings financially. You can just go to newbeginningsnj.org and click the giving tab. We hope to see you soon.